Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 613 Sports. This is your boy Carpin Vanier, and this is the morning drive in from Vanier. Alright guys, so topics of discussion for today. Uh, first off, I want to talk about uh, Marcus Stroman and his comments yesterday about uh, trade being inevitable. Um, next, also I want to talk about uh, CP3 demanding a trade. Um, and lastly, one of the key things that I want to talk about um, is should junior players and collegiate players be paid for their athletics in something outside of uh, education. So first off, Marcus Stroman yesterday uh, came out uh, to Sportsnet in an interview uh, saying how he is, but he believes that a trade is imminent um, with him um, to trade him out. Now, that being said, I'm, I've always been a fan of Marcus Stroman as a pitcher himself, as a pitcher. As a pitcher, Marcus Stroman is arguably a one of the best pitchers the Blue Jays have ever had outside of Doc Holliday. Um, at least in the last uh, twenty, in the last ten years, has been one of the best pitchers the Blue Jays have had on their rotation. Now, is that meaning anything? Is that really worth anything in this? Uh, in this day and age, uh, I don't think so. I think he's just a spoiled little bitch um, I think he's a cancer in that locker room I think he's not someone that you want to keep around in this new team that you're rebuilding um, this negativity that he has both with the media and on the field you see it he gets defeated very easily he gets defeated very easy you knock him around a little bit and he's already defeated the guy says he's a great pitcher he is a good pitcher when he's on his game he's one of the greats um, however he is so inconsistent. He tries to power his fastball past guys when he doesn't have that kind of fastball. He should work on his finesse. He should work at, at controlling the ball a little bit better, keeping the ball in the yard. Like It's one thing to complain about your defense and complain about the, the way that the, that the game is being played and your offense. But when you're giving up home run after home run, like I'm sorry, that's the, that's the one thing you can't defend. And that's the one thing I'm hating about pitchers these days. It's either a strikeout or a home run. You're not letting your defense do the work. They're they're back there to guard, to protect you, to get to get you out of innings. So why are we in this uh, in this place where who cares where you spot your fastball or your curveball? You just want to get it over the plate and get a strikeout or get or give up a home run. Nothing more than that. People pitchers nowadays don't want to pitch from the stretch, so they try and just blow it by everybody. Strowman, you do not have the stuff to blow it by people. Stop stop trying. You you have the stuff for a finesse pitcher. Own your your identity and go with it. Many pitchers in the, have made successful careers with not able to throw a, a pitch over 95. Look at the Verlander. He can easily go over 100, but he tunes it down. That is the difference between a Hall of Famer and an All-Star. A Hall of Famer is able to adjust to no matter who's up the bat 
able to hit their corners, able to spot their fastball, able to spot the changeup, able to spot their curveball, and not down the middle. Like, Strowman, before you start bitching and you start complaining, be a consistent pitcher first. Don't give these media one hours after after me after your start only media time. You haven't earned your spot in the in the league yet. Verlander, okay, I can understand Verlander coming out and saying he only wants to give a one hour interview after games. But Strowman, you've been in the league for four years. You haven't proven anything in this league. You don't have a perfect game. You don't have a no hitter. You don't have a 20 win season under your belt. So stop it. The way you are treating the media, the way you are treating your team, you you are a cancer in the locker room. And if that if you want to trade, I would be happy to trade you. I don't want you on my t- on the team because you are a cancer. Yes, you are one of the good one of the best pitchers in the league right now, in my opinion. When you are on your game, but get no matter what team you are on, if you give up three four home runs a game, you're never going to win a game. It's that simple. Next up, um, reports are coming out in um, out of Houston that CP3 is not happy. Um, he's requesting a trade. Uh, there's been some turmoil between him and James Harden from the beginning, uh, from the sounds of things, and it's just boiling over at this point to the point where CP3 is demanding a trade. Now. Here, here, here's some food for thought on this one. Um, who is the real problem in that locker room? Is it CP3 or is it James Harden? Uh, CP3, he, I will admit, CP3 hasn't posted up the numbers that I'm sure both him and James Harden were hoping. Um, however, who's really to blame in this case? Is it CP3 for not put, putting up the numbers? Or is it James Harden for, for hogging the ball and trying to get 65 points a game? It's it, it's hard to say. I mean, personally, I think Harden is a ball hog. I don't think he should be running an offense. Um, I don't think he should be the one with control of the ball. He should be put on the corner, on the elbow, or in the corner. Um, yes, he should have control of the ball fifty-five percent of the time to sixty percent of the time, because that's who he is. But should I think that he should have first touch of the ball? No. Uh, like if if you want if he's complaining about other players around him not putting up the points like he is, pass the ball, share the wealth. That's why that's why you didn't win against Golden State. Not because of CP3 not putting up the numbers, because you are a ball hog, James. James Harden is another cancer in the locker room that I don't think he's going to win a championship. There's a few guys that are that should win champion that should win rings by now. Or should win rims by the end of their careers, but will not because of the type of leaders they are. The fact that they are the ones running the team, but are cancers themselves. James Harden is one. Russell Westbrook is another one. These guys are both ball hogs and cancers in the locker room. If things don't go well for them, they shut down and they try and take over the game. With, uh, and say fuck the rest of my team I'm going to take care of it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this game for us That's not how you win games You need, as I mentioned in previous podcasts You need 11 guys to win a championship Not one Not just one guy 
And if you go ahead and think and thinking that this team, that this league, that the NBA is a one, two, three-person league, where you can have a three-person team and that's it. No, you need to have all eleven guys moving, working as one, working on the same page. And when you have a leader that is a cancer that gives up on passing and including the rest of your team and says, "Fuck this team, I'm gonna win this." You're not going to win. Because guess what? You see what happens with versus Golden State. Where in the, in, towards the end, they started shutting down James Harden. Or either shutting down James Harden or shutting down everybody else around him. And making James Harden take those unnecessary shots. Making him take the ill-advised shots and missing. And costing them the game. Because he is so focused on... Me, me, me. There's no I. There is an there, where people say there's no I in team. There is an I. There is an I in team, and it's in the asshole. It's the assholes that think that there is an I in team that destroy a team and that become cancers, like James Harden, Russ Book, um, as I mentioned, Marcus Stroman. Those guys. You're never gonna win with them leading the charge. In junior high. In Canada, there's the junior hockey hockey leagues, um, like the Ontario Hockey League, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, um, that are a high school league, very similar to what the NCAA is in the U.S. Um, so these athletes are not getting paid for their time for their work. Um, they get yes, they get free uh, free equipment. They get room and board uh, while they're in. Um, their host host cities, um, and they get scholarship opportunities in Canada once they once they're done with their their time. Now, it's been a matter of discussion for better part of the last five to ten years that the OH that the major junior hockey leagues should get a salary. These players should get a salary. Should get an hourly salary of at least minimum wage uh, based off their province. Um, with that being said, um, reports are coming out of Quebec that there are some lawyers and some legal action that's being taken place, uh, saying how it is inhumane on having these, uh, student athletes playing, uh, with no salary, uh, very similar to what's going on in the U S with the NCAA. Now, here's my views on things. Um, the stats that came out on uh, the major major junior hockey league, uh, these lawyers are putting in a lot of work to making their case. A lot more work than some lawyers in the U.S. are, um, ba- just based off of uh, testimonies and stats that are coming out uh, from players in uh, Quebec. So these athletes are on, put in 38 hours of ice time. That's just ice time. That's not including gym time. That's not including. Um, off ice work uh, on their own in the summer, uh, but that's 38 hours a week in on ice time, and they're not getting paid. So they they crunched out the numbers based off of the last reports from the last offense from uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, uh, saying that all these athletes get comped, uh, their food, their housing gets paid for from. Um, from the league to their host families, uh, if they are from out of town, um, also they get paid their food when they're on the road. 
Uh, they get paid their hotels when they're on the road. They get comped the, all their equipment, including sticks, shoulder pads, all, all, the whole nine yards. Um, and they get scholarships uh, outside of uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League when they are done playing. So one lawyer took this and took the average cost. Now, obviously, some athletes get more than others, especially when it gets time to the scholarship portion of things uh, with the Canadian school system and if they go down to the NCAA, the NCAA. So a lawyer took the, took this into consideration and crunched out the numbers. He came, They came out with a total, on average, of these athletes being paid less than minimum wage per hour. Now, they're making the argument that now these athletes are, in theory, getting paid less than minimum wage, which goes against the um, the Canadian provincial and Canadian law for this. So here's my opinion on this. I do think that these athletes should get some sort of compensation for uh, the fact that they are being monetized by the by the organizations um, severely with jersey sales as well as, because they're selling these, these teams are selling jerseys with player names on the back. Uh, they're selling jerseys uh, because of these athletes. They're selling tickets because of these athletes. They're selling, they're selling merch memorabilia because of these athletes. So I think that these athletes should get a cut. Now, my problem with this becomes, as of right now, the NCAA does not give compensation to these athletes, to their athletes. Uh, they do not pay their athletes. They are still under the umbrella that if you get a, if you get any kind of salary for playing for athletics because of your athletic ability, is by the is in the constitution of the league you're not eligible to play in the NCAA so that that alone could cut these athletes chances of getting a NCAA scholarship and going that route for a potential um, of joining the NHL after going into the NCAA because let's be honest NCAA versus the the CIS or formerly known as the CIS um, is majorly different Scouts in pro in pro leagues look at the NCAA before the CIS, or formerly known as the C the, the Canadian Collegiate Association, Sports Association. So that being said, by by instituting a salary for these players, you are essentially paying these athletes, even if it's minimum wage, for their athletic ability. Now. You can make the argument that if you put a just a straight minimum wage cap, these athletes can only make minimum wage, a minimum wage no matter what, and you're not basing the salary off of your athletic ability, you could make the argument that you are still eligible for the NCAA. However, um, it makes me think of a case with a runner in the NCAA playing for te uh, running for Texas. Um, or he's running independently, going but training with the Texas Longhorns, where he is using his athletic ability to promote his own company for a reusable bottle uh, company that he is bringing out, that he is coming out with. Um, so, and he got banned from performing under the Texas Longhorns. Now, the Texas Longhorns have come, or is it Texas Tech? Texas Tech, sorry. Now, the, the school has come out and said that, they, that he is allowed to train with them. That he is un, in there using their training facilities, their training coaches, 
um, their practice time with the teams. However, in competition, he has to run independently because of the fact that he is monetizing or using his running athletic ability to promote his company. So, yeah, so it's very, very, it's a very, very gray area when it comes to this because these leagues want to give them these athletes a max opportunity to get for exposure, and that means to go to the NCAA when it's time. So, again, I think these athletes should get a compensation. I think it should be worked in collaboration with the NCAA because the NCAA needs this to happen as well because these athletes are putting in, as I mentioned, 38 plus hours a week um, to in training for their craft and becoming better athletes and essentially working because none of these athletes are, have a part-time job are making money on the side. They're straight up just uh, playing hockey. So I think that they should have some sort of comp monetary compensation at the end of the year um, as in a bonus or something in in terms of revenue sharing with the league. I think that should be a thing. Um, you're not getting paid for your athletic ability. You are getting paid as a revenue share. Um, that might be something that could take into effect. Uh, that would cause... And same thing for the NCAA. If you really want to keep it an amateur sport and not have them paid for their athletic ability, give them part of revenue share. Give them something at the end of the year um as revenue sharing that's my opinion as to that um i think that would work very very well um yeah that i think that's the way of uh of ending this whole discussion as to should athletes get paid um or stay amateur status give them revenue share give them at least a revenue share that that should do it you're not you're not making them pro athletes by giving them money for their athletic ability you're just giving them a book a bonus check at the end of the year Anyway, guys, that's it for me for today. Um, I appreciate uh, you guys listening in on my drive-in from Vanier. Um, give me a share at 613 Sports on Twitter. Um, I'm on many different platforms on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and um, Anchor. So please give me a listen. Uh, give me a... And pass this along. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, have a great day.